fine. But thank you for tuning in today as well. Um, we're going to pick back up on what we were talking about last week, which was discipleship, as you can see on the TV here, and uh, just in the importance of that. And uh, our anchor truth is discipleship, knowing God more, and the path to becoming more like Jesus. We've been talking much, and the other pastors from the pastoral team have been talking that this uh, year our anthem is to knowing God more, and it is everything. And uh, you've heard it ringing from me and other pastors, and I don't think we can ever hear that enough of that great importance of what we need to do. But knowing God more, there is a, a wonderful process and strategy that God himself has designed in, in how he will reveal himself more to us. And as we were talking about last week, and we'll dive more in this week, it's through discipleship. Discipleship. We will jump in here. So we talked about last week, Jesus, the Son of Man. We mentioned that Jesus, over 70, I believe over 70 times while he was in ministry, called himself the Son of Man. Others called him the Messiah, which he was. Jesus Christ, which he was. But he titled himself the Son of Man in most of his discipleship things he was doing while on earth. Son of Man is, is and you, it's a message within itself and many series within itself. Why? But the basic... Uh, reason for saying son of man was it can become relatable to us because it is son of Mary and son of man, but he was a human but had the divinity of God in him. And his title was so he could be relatable to the ministry in front of him, which were you and I, people, right? So he didn't, he had the divinity in his, in that title of son of man, but he called himself so people could identify with him more. There were many, I don't want to go too much off of it, but there were many before Jesus that came through and had worldwide ministries and called themselves Messiah. So for some it wasn't new if he had called himself Messiah. But usually they were not Messiah because they ended up dying or they never saved anybody. But this was different, son of man, because he was calling him he was a human in front of people, but also calling himself the Son of God through his divinity, which is very different. And allowed him to do what God was calling him to do and do God's will on this earth. We talked about most of the main elements that Jesus was using while on planet earth to, to reach his mission was through teaching, reaching, and connecting. And that is not a familiar, those three words are not familiar. I mean, it should be familiar to us around here because it's FCC's vision of how we do our mission here. We talked about that it was so important when he was teaching. We'll get more into that. So Jesus teached to reveal his father to whoever was listening. He taught about sacrifice. We heard last week, we read a scripture about Jesus was telling us to take up our cross and follow him. A sacrifice had to be made, not for just himself, but for us to follow him as he became closer and closer to Calvary and revealing his Father's will. He talked about love, which was one of his epicenters of his messages. But his love was very, his messages on love were very challenging to many people and still are to 2024, right? Love your enemies. 
even when they despitefully use you. Love your enemies. When they've stabbed you in the back, you may feel. Love your enemies. Even when they don't agree with you. I beg to differ if they're your enemies at that point over something like that. But love was his message to help reveal his father. Because Father God, in the whole process of why Jesus was on the earth, as we know, was to go to the cross to die for our sins, our sins, when he was blameless, so we could be reconciled back to our Father God. It's amazing. Forgiveness. He talked about forgiveness, which is so connected to love, right? Forgive each other. And there was even a, 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 a string attached in a sense to if you forgive, then Father God will forgive you too. So there's an importance to it. God cares about that. Forgiveness. We could go on and on and these are messages just in the world of forgiveness. Forgiveness can be a, an anchor, a bad anchor, a weight in our life sometimes that we really don't realize. Others may see it in our lives, but we can deceive ourselves if we have unforgiveness in our heart, get easily offended, get defensive at the drop of the hat, bitter over things, complain more than we are thankful for things. There may be some unforgiveness, whether it's an unforgiveness and mad at God or unforgiveness towards a person that had done something that we're, who, we're, who we're supposed to love. Jesus teach to reveal his father about healing too. That God wants us whole. Father God wants us whole. Spirit, soul, and body. His actions spoke after teaching of he would actually physically do God's will and heal a blind man, heal a leopard throughout the Bible. Healing is so important as he was teaching that he wants us to be thinking that God does heal. God loves us so he will also heal us. These are all connected. And then finally he talked about eternity. One of the most important things on this list. Eternity that faces each and every one of us. But is eternal life we're heading towards or eternal death? That's our choice, right? But this is part of teaching that Jesus did in revealing the Father. Jesus reached to reveal his Father as well. He went into neighborhoods. I've said this before. He didn't build churches and have people come to him he went he reached and we understand reaching and we talked about this last week reaching to the simplicity of it is me going beyond where i am right now i'm reaching i'm looking it takes my effort my energy to reach for things we have a culture that looks for instant gratification that doesn't bother needing to reach for things in life a whole other message, entitlement creeps in, everything like that. We're talking about that we are called, we're designed to be beings that reach for something greater than ourselves. And Jesus taught us about, because he was reaching into neighborhoods, into temples, even into Pharisees' homes that didn't agree with him, he was willing to reach. He reached at wells, the woman at the well. He could have easily got his drink of water and went on to do his business and go into where his next mission was calling him. But he stopped to reach this woman at the well that was hungry for something more than she had never had before. He reached to the adulterous woman that was about to be stoned. 
He had to reach beyond himself to make the point to save her life, but not so she would continue in what she was doing. He cared that there was something better for her life, and he reached towards that. How many times in our personal lives we go by things in life that we just need to maybe be reaching more, to be more sensitive to our surrounding, right? Especially with our mission and what we're called to do if we're followers of Christ, Jesus reached. He reached at dinners. He just didn't go there to eat other than turning water to wine and other things he did at dinners and the Last Supper. He was looking to reach beyond just a simple meal. There's, a, there's the, the, the one supper scene where, where the disciples were always, pro- I could just see them probably hungry for the meal every night because they're doing ministry as we all would be hungry at the end of the day. But they were also hungry to hear what the master was going to say at the table. But there's that one night that Jesus reached beyond a verbal message and did an action message and sat down and said, I want to wash each and every one of your feet. He reached to do that. He could have ate his dinner. He was always reaching, being sensitive to his father's will. And we as Christ followers need to have a, as I said last week, a disposition, a, a leaning into always reaching for what's next. What does God want us to do? If we continue to shoot for nothing, you will hit it the majority of time. We have to reach for something. God's equipped us with everything we need. And you have to reach for something. And that at the end, the ultimate reach that Jesus did was he reached towards Calvary. We know it had to be a reach at one point because he even said it where the the humanity of himself was becoming overwhelmed and saying, Father, if I don't have to do this and go to the cross, please. So you knew he had to reach beyond himself to do what his father was calling him to do. Jesus connected to reveal his father. This is all. This was not to promote Jesus' ministry. This was all to reveal a loving God. Jesus connected to hurting people. Imagine if we're called to do that. Jesus reached to even some rich folks. Rich young ruler. What must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus reached the religious. He connected with the religious folks. And many times they wouldn't connect back because they were so much defensive and understanding of all these claims that Jesus was making. But he was trying to connect even to the religious folks. Jesus connected to children. They were attracted to him. There was something about him that he could connect. And Jesus, in the time in those three years, he reached his disciples and connected with them. They slept. They ate. They were together all the time. He connected them. He knew when Thomas was doubting. He knew when Peter was going to deny him. He was connecting with them. How much more do we need to connect to reveal our Father's will to others around us? Connecting, connecting. Jesus, the Son of Man, he discipled. He knew the plan, how he could 
continue the movement, the momentum of the mission that God wanted him to do. He knew disciple, that he had to disciple his disciples. Sounds redundant, but it is. It's not redundant, it's true. To reveal his father, as we said, to serve a lost world towards reconciling to God. And to continue, as I just said, to let all know of a relational God and the good news. You got to figure, Jesus was writing the story as he was living it out. That he knew when he would go to the cross, be resurrected from the dead and ascend to heaven. That he was, because of the discipling that was going on, he knew the mo- everything. his mission would continue on and on, and where are we? 2024, over 2,000 years ago. Because Jesus discipled when he was on planet Earth. Discipleship, knowing God more, and the path to becoming more like Jesus. It's so important. Let's look at another person in our Bible that we know very well, most likely. Apostle Paul. A man who was, a, was vital in spreading this good news and wrote most of the New Testament. So we can all agree he was very impactful. Amen? Amen. Yet, he was not one of the 12 disciples when Christ was on planet Earth. He had an encounter, but he didn't follow him with Peter and John and all the 12 to Matthew, all those disciples. But yet, he was almost one of the most impactful disciples on Earth. Paul, in his mission, after the road to Damascus, right? A man who was not popular amongst Christians before meeting Jesus in the road to Damascus. He killed Christians. He was aggressively against them. I always take heart in that song called Mighty to Save. God, you are always mighty to save anyone. Never put limitations on who you're praying for. A relative, a friend, a co-worker. That person can never find Jesus. Don't play God in that situation. Trust God in that situation. Paul found Jesus in the road. to Yes, it was a big, impactful experience. But he would be the least that you would think that would write most of the New Testament and do what he did to accelerate and continue Jesus' mission. But Paul revealed God and Jesus after Jesus ascended into heaven. He's revealing Jesus in his teachings by teaching, reaching, and connecting. Do you see a pattern here? (laughs) Teaching, reaching, and connecting. Teaching about the good news. We'll read a little bit of this. Romans 1, 16, 20. He understood the power of teaching and what Jesus had what Jesus was teaching as well. He taught about the good news. It says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Present tense. He wasn't speaking past tense. Saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from the start to the finish by faith. As the scriptures say, 
It is through faith that a religious person has life. Good news. He was teaching about this to the Jews and the Gentiles, people who have never heard of Jesus, even though they were in the same time zone when he lived. He was teaching the good news. He goes on to teach about joy. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege. You need to remember that. God isn't impressed by you. <laughs> we are impressed by our loving Father and need Him. But it says the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We need to be reminded of that. And endurance develops strength of character. Sometimes we don't want to hear this. And character strengthens our confidence and hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Just back to what we were saying last week. Jesus teaching these things. Now you have Paul teaching these things. The power of teaching. A God design. Faith Christian Center has been a big teaching center and that is a wonderful foundation because we always need to be learning and growing learning and growing if we don't learn and grow we become static and that can come through teaching as we're talking about but just think some of these folks that are hearing this for the first time like wow wait a minute you want me to rejoice when Problems that come my way? Really? But then he builds reasons why. He doesn't leave them hanging, right? The teaching. We live in New England where there's a lot of great teaching institutes from Harvard to Brown and then some and then some. And they know the power of teaching. We mentioned how the power of teaching can shift a culture. Just look at Germany with Hitler. Knew he could start young, teaching the kids about an Aryan nation and how great they were and how bad Jews were and everybody else around there. Started young, but it was the power of teaching that did that. Our culture today is a result of what's going on in some of those universities. We talked about this last time. Where some professors... Think the world is everything in that room that they're teaching. And their truth is the truth. And it's indoctrinating to an edge at some point. But then you got the, the and I'm not trying to, I mean, you guys read the news, watch the news, but then you even have young kids in kindergarten learning things, getting away from any, even, not even godly principles, just morality of golden rules. Teaching, doctrinating different things. It's not a coincidence 
It's heading somewhere. But God, but it's heading somewhere. It's through teaching. Teaching. It's very powerful. We'll go on while we're on the topic of this. Sin. Amen, Pastor Chris. Preach about sin. Romans 6, 118. Well, then we should keep... It's a, he was rebutting... Paul was rebutting here. Well, then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? So he was making sure we're not diving into cheap grace. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have we forgotten that when we were joined with with Christ Jesus in the baptism, we were joined with him in his death? These are some big things. Imagine Paul teaching this to people that are just discovering God. And you're saying, I've, I've, okay, following Christ is I'm what we were saying earlier, what Jesus said, I got to carry my own cross. I mean, I have to die in some cases, and I did. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of our Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful self were crucified with Christ so that sin may lose its power in our lives. Paul went on too in talking about the importance of, and even Peter too, I know we're jumping into Peter for a second, but, but we, can get, we can become a slave to sin sad and be deceived that's actually benefiting us culture will sell it will be benefiting us I mean just look at the marketing ads <laughs> in some cases but sin is sin and Paul is right there but he's giving us good news still to say we're died with Christ so sin should have no more control over us by the power of God and we know this verse, he would talk like Jesus did as well about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. If we could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but did not love one another, it would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all God's secrets, plans, and possessions, and all knowledge, And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, we preach about that sometimes, let's move some mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Then he starts breaking it down. So there's no ambiguity of love. (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love. 
Someone needs to hear this. Love never gives up. As a person maybe in your life, continue to love them. Love doesn't give up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through all circumstance. I think a few Sundays ago I mentioned, I think it was Paul talking about hope, faith, and love. And above all things is love. Because love is going to be enduring into eternity. Because God is love. (laughs) So imagine us reflecting Him. Reflecting Him. And as I said too, and I won't go into it, but we're talking about death. I mean, Paul talked about death. He didn't hide anything. But he talked about it again, as we heard almost in Romans, when he was talking about that in Galatians, that we are crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ. For it is no longer that I liveth, but Christ in me. So when pressure comes, <laughs> when you made a bad decision, how many have made some bad decisions in their life, right? Yeah, I can put both hands up sometimes. When the pressure comes, when the fear settles in, technically I'm dead. <laughs> Dead man walking. Because my trust is in the grace God will give me in those situations because God loves me and I've been crucified just as much. It's not blasphemy. God sees me equal at times as what Jesus did if I'm following Jesus and becoming more into the fullness of Christ. So God is a forgiving, loving God. But when we've started to die more to ourselves, there's that wonderful song, and I won't sing it, but what is it again? Uh, if, if more of you means less of me, take everything. Hmm. Paul. Paul was preaching truth. He was not ashamed of the gospel. He was on a mission But Paul also reached, he reached to become a disciple. Back what we were talking about earlier in Paul. Wait a minute, Paul's one of the most influential disciples, apostles, but yet he didn't even follow Christ physically in his ministry. After the road to Damascus, there's not a lot of, of scripture that breathes things out, but he went to Arabia and was there for a certain amount of time and many of the scholars and theologians know that the spirit of God was moving on him to be discipled so he was getting it fresh from heaven above being discipled being empowered being taught everything that Christ had done in this earth and then getting the courage to get back out and do what he was called to do so that means there's proof that what Jesus was doing in discipleship and that Paul received to be a disciple, that it works. Discipleship is the path to knowing God more and becoming more to the fullness of Christ. Discipleship. There's not a lot of shortcuts. Discipleship. So it worked for Paul, it could work for us. He reached to become a disciple, meaning he, he went away, seclusion to do that. He had to reach beyond what he's ever done before to become what he, what he was called to become through God. He reached to build churches. We know all the epistles, all the letters. 
you know, Ephesus and all those churches. He helped build churches and he helped speak to all. He did not quantify or qualify who he shouldn't and shouldn't talk to. He was in every position he needed to be in. So much you know he was reaching that he was shipwrecked, in jail many, many times, stoned to death almost. So he had a lot of conflict, which would prove to me that he was reaching beyond himself many times. So that means that God may call you, maybe not to be shipwrecked. I don't think we stone much anymore. But he may call you to reach out somewhere where you may get hurt. Maybe not physically, and maybe emotionally, or you'll think spiritually. I mean, Paul, he went, if there was eight cylinders in him, there were all eight cylinders running. He didn't care. He was following what God was calling him to do. And he spoke to all. Remember when he was in Athens? He went there, saw all these statues and, and idols, statues and idols. And he was just waiting to go to the next thing that God was calling him to do in his mission. But he decided to speak to all. So he went to some smart folks to talk about their idols and the high-thinking-minded, as that time was in Athens, Greece, the higher-thinking and philosophers and all of these scholars. And he tried to meet them where he was. He didn't come blazing in and say, look at all these idols. He tried to meet them where he was so he could reach into what he was doing to speak to them. And out of it, we were told, there were some that began to believe and follow what he was talking about. How many times do we just need to wait maybe an extra few minutes in prayer or, or, or just in the spirit to get wisdom when speaking to maybe into something new or somebody in front of you? Because the Holy Spirit knows where that person is and he'll give you the words. But you do need to open your mouth. But you need to trust. But maybe just you're going to hell. You may, but... Like I said last week, imagine telling somebody, Jesus wants to meet you. It's a little different approach. Gain some attention, I would think. Jesus wants to meet you. You're reaching, right? Paul connected to communities, to peace and grace and through humility. That's a whole bunch of something, right? He knew that his, his, his mission field was in the communities he went, was in and living in. Even in jail, that was a community. He didn't close himself off and say, oh God, bend these bars. He began to connect and reach into the communities that he was there to reveal God and Jesus to those jailers and other things, other people that were there as well too. Notice most of his letters or endings of letters would say, would give peace and grace. Peace and grace. He knew that was a connecting attribute element that we all needed. And some of the letters he wrote were not nice letters to churches, but he would talk about peace and grace. Peace and grace. Imagine if we greeted and ended our greetings instead of high fives and how you doing today, I'm doing fine. Grace and peace, peace and grace to you. Confess that. Paul knew something about these two powerful things. 
But he did everything he did through humility. Amen. Exciting. Humility. God works through humility. Right? And work through him. But as we kind of touched on last week, and most of you that are here tonight or joining online know what I'm about to read. But if a preacher or some pastor says, there's no cost to following Christ or being a Christian, they're lying to you. (laughs) And unfortunately, we're not the perfect church, but there are a lot of churches that draw bigger crowds by ever avoiding that there is a cost. We talked about it a little bit, what Jesus said, pick up your cross. Paul says you're dead in some ways, crucified with Christ. But these are hard things to hear sometimes. But if we trust and believe in the process that God has provided of discipleship, the value we're about to read is far greater than this temporal cost. But there's a cost, and we need to know that. There is a cost to following Christ. That cost is a loss of your effort. That effort can be exhausting at times. Keeping yourself up, making sure you can control what you can't control, stressing, worry, fear, effort to make sure whatever image, whatever even this comes from upbringing, different things, effort to keep you alive. <laughs> Or keep you current. There's culture now that's... We, we, we used to say... What was it? I'm sorry, I'm not breaching my age, but there's some other people that might know this more than I do. But keeping up with the Joneses. Was that it? Okay. That can be a lot of exhausting effort at times. Keeping up to these carnal, physical things of status and recognition and, and unfortunately, inadvertently, identity at some point. But effort... It's going to cost you your effort to sustain a secular self. Secular self is simply me, myself, and I, the CEO and chairman of my life. And I don't, I don't believe a God. I don't need a God. And we may not think that, but inadvertently our actions can lead to that over time. And we have a world that has slowly been sedated <laughs> to leave God further and further from our lives. There's a whole other message from the education, everything, school, everything. So we're being sedated. That, and that's the first, first thought Adam and Eve had, that we, no, 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 don't worry, God. Our effort will sustain ourselves because we know right from wrong. But it, it hasn't worked out that way very well. So cost, you're going to lose your effort to sustain a secular self. However... The value gained is knowing God more. This is done through discipleship that brings you closer to the fullness of Jesus. So this cost may hurt a little bit, but overwhelmingly the value is much greater knowing God and even becoming more into the fullness of Christ. Charles Spurgeon once said, as I, let's see if I can articulate this, remember it, 
as we become more and realize that we can become full in the fullness of Christ, we find the emptiness of more everything else around me. Does that make sense? So I'm becoming fuller with Christ more and more and more through my discipleship and becoming more in the image of Christ. The things that used to be important, they still are. There's some value there, but they are no far superiority than being more in the image of Christ and doing, having God's will in my life. Amazing. But there's a cost. And the sooner, not being mean, but just speaking truth, and I deal with this sometimes too, the sooner we get over that and realize if we're going to become more of a Christ follower, that there's a cost. I'm not saying it's easier, but the quicker we become to knowing God and being into the fullness of Christ. So the mission, so talking about the mission and vision of FCC. I know I feel like even this week, last week and this week, I'm at a sales convention trying to sell you FCC, but I'm trying to discover the importance of discipleship. But church is part of discipleship, amen? We know that. And, and, and what we have at Faith Christian Center, the mission is to love those close and far from Jesus. So close. I'm going to love you. Far. You're way out over there. You may not even know who Jesus is. But I'm still called to you to let you know about Jesus, right? Close and far from Jesus into a relationship that equips them to answer the call. We're all called. We've been talking about this. And walk in their purpose, which is your individual purpose. Ground zero, where are you right now? What is God calling you? He's calling you, but what is your purpose to fulfill his will, as I just said, in your life? Purpose, that's, that's our main mission. It should be the main mission of every church, and it is. It's, out of, it's birthed out of Matthew 26, the Great Commission, Right? And then in Ephesians and Hebrews, talking about equipping the saints to sit comfortably in the chairs in the sanctuary. That was a joke. No, no, to go do the work of the ministry, do in your world of influence, your life, shining the light. That's what we're called to do. But how do we do the mission? What are we, how do we see us to do the mission at Faith Christian Center? Hey, here we go again. These look familiar. Teaching God's word, reaching our world with God's love, and connecting as a community. So important. So important. And that is what Jesus did. That's what Paul did, we saw, and the other disciples did to carry out the mission that God has called them to do. But you say, Pastor Chris... Sorry, this is an old business slide. I couldn't, I couldn't doctor it up better. So this is a graphic of some business, but follow my lead here. But my point is, wholeness of discipleship or just a piece of it? You may say to yourself, I like the teaching. I can sit here and listen for Pastor Chris for five hours at a time. I hope not. But I can listen to whatever whoever's the pastor and speaking. I can listen. I love the teaching. I need to hear teaching. It's important. I'm not, we talked about teaching is powerful. But it's just a piece. It's not the whole pie of discipleship. So there are many Christians that call themselves Christians and they just want one piece. 
and then they begin to get frustrated when life does not go the way somebody told them it should. Wholeness of disciple will lead you to that, what we said, knowing God more and becoming more like Christ. But there are many people that continue to say, all right, I like the teaching or, you know what, I'm a big social bug, so I like connecting here at church. So I'll sit in the cafe, I'll come into the sanctuary and listen to some of the teaching. I mean, I don't remember what he talked about, but I, I enjoyed the message. But, I'm, but I like connecting socially. Oh my gosh, I need to quote scripture, but I don't remember what it was when Jesus said I could tell Satan to be behind me. You know, I haven't been listening to any teaching. But I know how to connect. Help. Or I haven't been reaching. Everybody pick their feet up. I'm stepping on some toes. I... I don't like reaching because I'm a victim of a lot of things in my life. How can I reach beyond what? But pastors, you don't understand. I understand you have a life and life has many things in it. And I'm not discounting sensitivity, but but just let's put some big boy pants on for a minute. But but you can't just, is this making sense? You can't just have a piece of the discipleship. Because it's gonna the 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 anemacy of the other area is gonna gonna pull you down somehow and discourage you and say you know this is not what I signed up for, and then you walk away. Somebody else's fault, the pastor, the church, the person didn't smile at me. I need something that's less challenging. I, I like one other piece of the discipleship better, so I'm gonna go to that church that really hangs into that one. But at Faith Christian Center, we're going to do teaching still. That's our foundation. But we're going to encourage everybody to reach beyond themselves, whether in this room, on this campus, or in their workspace, in their family life, as part of the reaching, reaching God's, a world with God's love, and then connecting. Connect to the things around you. Here, especially on campus, we have small groups, we have different things going on. But if you're just coming for, uh, coming for the teaching, it'll carry you somewhere. But when things start happening, do you have a friend to turn to because you weren't connecting? Do you become a victim of that because you weren't reaching? All these things, does that make sense, can happen. This isn't fear. It's just because God has not given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. And we need each other. The enemy wants to isolate. And it's beautiful. He'd rather have a church that we can isolate and not know each other, not be there to pray for one another, not be transparent when really things are not going good. How you doing, brother? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But their their life's living, their, their life is a box of hell right now. Why aren't we knowing that? Let's go help change that and be brothers and sisters in Christ as best we can. This will change the world because this is love in action. Jesus said, the world will know you, not how loud you can preach, not how well you can sing, 
but how, we, how much we love one another. And love isn't easy. Paul defined it too. It's patient. <laughs> it's kind to unkind people sometimes. It's all these things. But I really, if anything out of this last week and this week, I would encourage you, get to a place that, you know, I want to, I'm all in. I need the wholeness of discipleship in my life. Pastor Chris, I don't have time. There was no point in this. I said it takes five hours to do something. I didn't talk about time at all. This is more of a heart matter first that you step out, and then God will do the rest. God will do the rest. Disciples are taught and teach others. Jesus said in that great commission, go make disciples. Doesn't mean you have to walk around with a big program. Just begin to shine the light and see what God does from there. Make steps. Make to teach others. At your workplace. Ah, the world's coming to an end. Teach them that it may, but there's a few things that may happen before that. And one is we have a loving God. Jesus wants to meet you. <laughs> teach others of truth. There's so much self-truth going on and it's becoming to a point where there's no trust amongst anybody. And we live through soundbite after soundbite and think that is reality of something. Disciples are reached. You were reached at one point. You're here. If you're a follower of Christ, somehow somebody reached you or God reached you, but he used somebody to reach you or a ministry to reach you or something reached you while you're here now. Disciples are reached and are reaching. You're in action. Disciples are connected. I believe we're connecting right now. I know I'm doing all the talking, but... I think we are. We're connecting right now because the same spirit that lives in me, the Holy Spirit, knows where each and every one of you are right now. And this is something with the, the Wednesday services where, where, where the God's birthing and unearthing in us that this is becoming to a point of not another service, but a gathering to see what's going to happen, what God's going to do. I'm coming closer to you right now. I'm coming closer to Aaron right Who knows? Be comfortable being uncomfortable sometimes because that's usually when God works on the edge. I'm only a testimony of that because all the times I get uncomfortable, like, oh, wait a minute, God, you met me here and this is what you're calling me to do right now. Meeting, looking you in the eyes, connecting. That's what we're called to do. So you at FCC, here's my sales pitch. What are you going to do? Many of you are doing this, but as it involves discipleship, I want to encourage you more and more to just be open to the things that are going on here and challenging with the teaching going on. Yes, it's good to encourage the pastor and, and, and amen and all that stuff, but are you leaving with a challenge before you hit that car that God's telling me to do something that's going to cause me to reach more and connect more and not just an enjoyed message as eloquent that I can be at times. Yeah.
or others. We get one shot at this. You know this? Life, (laughs) one shot. And we know the ending, so it's not too stressful and fearful. We we have a Messiah. He's a soon-coming king. And prophecies have been talking how evil will be defeated by this king. And we're citizens of this kingdom. So it's easy to get bogged down in fear and things that are going on. But I just pray, and we'll pray in a few minutes about, Lord, keep me focused on what's important to you. And that alone. I'm not saying you get distracted. I mean, we try and stay on rails. I understand. Life happens, but God's grace and his favor and his forgiveness, if we're not willing to stand back up when we fall down, he's not going to drag us. We have to stand back up and say, God, I'm sorry if I did something, I got overwhelmed, things happened. Don't become your worst enemy and uh, praise yourself every day. Just keep focused on what God wants you to do and keep moving. Keep moving. You think all the great evangelists and pastors never made a big mistake that, 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 that could have pushed them off course. But the success for them and the difference of another person that didn't succeed is they knew they need to get right back up and follow God and what he's calling them to do and let his grace carry you and do this. Does this make sense? It's challenging and that's okay. Life can get boring if there's no challenges. But it's so important and we're not the perfect church, but we're a church you're at right now. And we are called to follow God's mission. And that mission is far beyond ourselves. So you've got to solidify that and say, you know, this ain't about me. I'm going to be used. I'm going to be taken care of because Jesus was very clear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then everything else will be fulfilled in your life that needs to be fulfilled. We've got it backwards. I can't do this because I don't have this. Then I'll seek God. No, you can't. You you need to do that first. And in discipleship, everything will come together. Eternity is a long time. I haven't been there, but I've heard that it's a long time. I'd rather get it right in these 30, 40, 50, 60 years as best I can so I can be with God in eternity. Amen? Discipleship. A vulgar word in some places, but knowing God more, the path to becoming more like Jesus. If we can hone in and know at least at Faith Christian Center, and there are other elements that can help us become disciples, but at least what we believe in our vision now is teaching, reaching, and connecting. Just pray how God can open your eyes. And don't be uh, uh, on a witch hunt of, okay, I need to that pie earlier. I have to have 50% listening to teaching. I have 40% of connecting. And, and then what's that left? 10% of, of reaching. God knows where you are. Let him show you the pie for you. <laughs> but the whole pie involves all those three things. Just for you, the percentiles may be different. But follow God. Can we stand? Because I want to pray right now. Heavenly Father, we are honored for what you have allowed us to be a part of. 
your design from the Garden of Eden to 2024 that we are here now in desire of wanting to know you more. Lord, in the areas of our lives that maybe can increase in our discipleship, our devotion to you, so you can continue to reveal yourself more and more to us, we ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us where it can be an encouragement, a leading of opportunities where we can increase this area of our teaching, maybe listening to more, applying more that we're learning so we can grow. Connect us more and encourage us to reach beyond ourselves more. Lord, you can equip us, but you're asking us to step out so you can step in at times. Satan, we speak to you, the author of fear, that would bind us and hold us back from doing what you've called us to do, Lord. We speak to that in Jesus' name, that fear has no place in our heart, in our soul, specifically in our mind, to hold us back for knowing you more, God. We'll let your love overwhelm and encompass us and define us of whose we are, which is you. We're children of you, of the Most High God. You're our Abba Father, a Holy Father. And continue to speak to us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. Jesus, you are our Messiah, our Savior, and our soon coming King. We worship you. You have the name above all names and you've given it us to use and to speak life around us. Empower us. Be bold like Paul was. To be courageous. To speak truth where truth needs to be heard. And let our love lead us to point to a loving Father. Just take a minute in areas you think of that teaching, reaching, and connecting just for a minute and just if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and just pray and thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Holy, holy. We are yours, Father, to be discipled. We draw close to you and you will draw close to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.